This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in to Take Command, Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson. Uh, we were scheduled to have Ryan Kerrigan. In fact, we talked to Ryan for about two minutes. Uh, the problem was the Wi-Fi monsters. They were they were rough, Logan. Monsters, monsters. That's the worst one we've had so far. I think from the Wi-Fi standpoint, that was that was real bad. Um, however, uh, the good news is I'm going to practice tomorrow, so I'm going to be in person. Ryan's nice. Ryan's at practice. You you live around the corner, so we're going to get together in person. A little in person podcastage tomorrow. So we will uh, we'll either put that out as a bonus episode this weekend, or we will hold that until Monday and put it out on Monday's pod. So either way, uh, at the absolute latest on Monday, you will hear from Ryan Kerrigan, uh, and that will be a good time, and uh, we'll get into it with him. Uh, we also are going to have Nikki Jobvilla next week from the Washington Post, who we're very excited to talk to. Uh, so for today, Logan, you and me, bro, two-man two man game, we're we're running, running stunts, we're running twists. Uh, or we're running two-man route concepts because let's be honest, you're a tight end, and I'm I'm probably more of an offensive makeup kind of guy. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So uh, where do you want to start, man? You want to start? Uh, let's start with the pads thing. Let's start with yeah. football pads being yeah, on. Yeah, I love football I, pads came on. Love it. What day was that? Two days ago. Yeah. And it seemed like from Ron's comments that that he was pretty pleased with how that kind of even the playing field. He made some interesting comments about specifically. Yeah the way offensive line play gets affected by that, where, you know, a lot of it is like hand position and stuff like that. When you're not in pads and the defense is a little bit of an advantage, all of a sudden as an offensive player, you can strike. Uh, obviously, you know, this is someone who played a lot in line, even though you were tight end as discussed, not uh, an offensive lineman, but being in line, getting to strike as a blocker. How does that change the dynamic and how has it changed it specifically for the commanders these last couple of days of practice? Yeah, so I think the from a technical standpoint, not to get overly technical. It's a but podcast. Like Let's get technical. To, Let's go. Yeah. You're coached to grab the pads, right? They're, you know, it kind of looks like a T on your upper body. You're, you're, you're coached to grab that chest plate or like the shoulder pad, like overhang, like right there. And basically what it allows you to do, it allows you to get some torque on the uh, defensive player, right? And allows you to hold, which is essentially kind of how you block in the NFL now. And I know people don't want to hear that necessarily, but it is a huge deal because it allows you to sustain blocks and allows you to kind of get some physical kind of oomph and roll your hips and create movement. And I will say over the, you know, what day is today? Today's Thursday, so the first two days of pads, the offensive line has has really come alive, you know, in pass protection and run blocking. Again, I think sustaining blocks, getting guys covered up, and it really shows you kind of like why it's important to have shoulder pads on for for some for some portions of the year because it allows you to kind of work on those technical aspects. And I also think it shows that the defense still needs to work on shedding blocks with the pads on, right? It kind mm-hmm. of is a two-edged sword. But I was really impressed two days ago they were able to make some some 
awesome holes. I think, um, you know, the young tight ends really stood out to me as guys that were maybe not the most technical blockers, but very willing blockers. And that was something that was a big question mark going into this period. Obviously, the starting O-line did a great job. You know, Norwell, a guy who really stood out with pads on also was Sadiq Charles playing right guard. And I think that that's something that's kind of encouraging, right? Because, you know, he's guys converted tackle. He's a tremendous athlete. So it'd be nice to see him kind of come along. And then, you know, speaking of pads, in the one-on-ones, he went up against Deron Payne. And Deron has been, quite frankly, given him all that he can handle without the shoulder pads on. But you put the pads on and, you know, you get a little bit more sticky. You can grab, you can kind of punch and then adjust your feet because you have a handle now. So it does make a significant difference for all those guys who are uh, kind of in the trenches that have to deal, kind of play the more physical side of the game. And so that was really nice to see, you know, some of the protections just in general have gotten better. And I think that's good. Guys can be a little bit more stout. So a lot of those kind of protection concerns that we talked about on, you know, whatever that day that was Monday, Tuesday, uh, have quieted a little bit. They're still there, obviously, because you have a guy like Montez Sweat or Payne or Allen who can kind of take over a period if they really want to. But I'd say on the whole, protection looks much, much better. Offensive line looks much phys- much more physical. And it's also been good to check out the backs too as well, which we can talk about in a minute. Yeah, well, let's let's dive right in. Uh, how have those backs looked? And obviously the running game becomes a lot uh, more realistic. I don't want to say easier to evaluate because you're still looking at the same guys, looking at a lot of the same things, but it's a lot more realistic when the blocking uh, gets real uh, and how the backs are reacting to all of that. Never less how they're doing in pass pro situations that they're put in. So how, how has that this affected the backs? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's definitely made the evaluation of the backs a little bit more cleaner. I think the cool thing, uh, let's start with Gibson. I think he's looked like a guy who's running with a little bit more forward lean. You know, he kind of had that very distinct, more upright, kind of Eddie George-esque running style. There's been a couple times where he's been down, he's been low, he's been kind of not sifting through, but kind of you know, battering, ramming his way through and behind his pads, which is great to see because I think that was one of the weaker parts of his game. Obviously very explosive. Hasn't gotten in space as much as you'd like. Um, You know, I think they did an empty period uh, on Monday, which was the first day without pads, but they were motioning him around to the receiver spots, which is great. And again, he's not like this crazy twitched up route runner, but he is a great space player. So it's nice to see that they're using him in that way. Uh, McKissick, man, because they've, they started doing, uh, when the pads come on, they start doing one-on-one routes with the linebackers. And it's just great to see that skill set. You know, it's great to see him in pass protection. Gibson in pass protection has been very uh, consistent as well, which is awesome. And I, I think, um, you know, both those guys are just true pros. McKissick had an excellent run a couple days ago. It was like a counter. So they, you know, or a power counter, however you want to call it. But down blocks on the front side, puller comes around, mm-hmm. second puller comes around, there's a gaping hole, and obviously he's very, very fast. The old, we got a seal here, we got a seal there, and boom, we got an alley. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and is able to kind of burst through, and it looked like he was untouched, I want to say, for about 20 yards, you know, so that's that's a big deal in, in the NFL to have an untouched run. And then Brian Robinson, I think, has done a really nice job, and the thing I like about watching him run is his vision and the way he sets up blocks and the way he's able to find creases is great. Like, there was uh, one where uh, Cole Turner got beat a little bit inside penetration. Not, not a bad loss, but a loss, and he was able to kind of hold the block for Cole Turner for a second, jump cut inside, kind of head fake to one direction to get the linebacker to move, and then dive into a crease, uh, 
you know, for a five yard gain, which is very, very high level stuff and just shows a nice instinctive runner. Also, the thing you get to see in pads is they're thudding up the backs a little bit, nothing overly physical, but his balance has been great. Like there's a whole bunch of guys hanging on him. He's in a pile. There's a whole bunch of people around his feet and he's not falling over. He's keeping his balance. And um, again, those are all very positive signs moving forward. He had a rough rep in pass protection the other day, but I'd say on the whole, been very consistent in that department. So I think that group is kind of being as advertised and especially with the offensive line playing well over these last two padded practices. For McKissick, do you anticipate them moving him around a good bit? Because last year, you know, obviously the idea was to move Curtis Samuel everywhere. And then they used McKissick in some non-back, you know, situation. They split him out occasionally, put him in the slot occasionally, do some of that stuff. But it wasn't like, hey, if Curtis is down, we just put JD in his spot because he is capable, at least from a knowledge standpoint, of doing a lot of that stuff, it would seem like. But like, is that something that you anticipate more with all the versatility they have with Dotson, McLaren, and Samuel to play all three spots, McKissick to be able to line up out wide and in back? Like, what have you seen in terms of moving JD around for all the talk that we've had about moving Curtis around? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see more of that. I think, you know, he had a route a couple of days ago on Kalik Hudson where he run, he's running like a, I call it a Zorro route. That's what they called it in Kyle's offense where it's you run up, you, you kind of sit down, and you kind of do a double stick and go in or out. And he set Kalik up in a really nice way. And, and he just, he's got a very unique skill set for running kind of those choice options, those Zorro routes. And so I'd like to see him in more one-on-one situations because I do think he's a mismatch. And you know, ultimately, that's what the game's about. And that's why I think he's very valuable as a, as a player is because he creates matchups. And because he's a running back, he, di- he dictates a certain response by the defense. Like, you're never going to get... You know, if it's it's 11 personnel and he's playing the running back position, like they're going to stay in nickel, right? They're not going to match in dime necessarily to him. And so then if you were to motion him out, like you're going to get a matchup one-on-one with a linebacker. And I think that's a win for the Washington football team. And I think if you can find matchups like that, you know, Cole Turner's another guy over the last couple of days who's shown the ability to win in matchup situations. That's what the NFL is now. Finding guys who can win one-on-ones, beat man coverage, consistently right like 80 percent of the time and so as camp goes on you're seeing guys starting to to give themselves testimony saying i can do that and jd's always been able to do that but i'd like to see them kind of really lean into that because one of the things you know we talk we're going to talk about carson here in a little bit but like carson's been holding the ball a little bit too long i think and it's been affecting the offensive line it's been allowing rushes to get there and stuff like that and an easy way to mitigate that is just give him easy wins and one of the easy ways to do that is say hey like that's that's what we had Jordan read on the podcast, and one of the things about yeah. Jordan that was great for a quarterback was that you line him up and he's going to win. And mm-hmm. so it's not like I need to look at all this coverage and you do like I know that's a win. And like when you watch Dak Prescott in Dallas, like he throws routes knowing guys are going to win. So finding guys who can do that, I think Jahan has that skill set as well. Is is a, is is extremely important. Yeah, definitely. I also remember. You know, it, it's funny just to you bring up Jordan because I remember when Jordan would be hurt sometimes, Jay and, and Sean when he was here and, and was involved with that, Kevin, like that staff that evolved over the years. But really, I mean, Jay, Jay at the center of it would put Chris Thompson out there. Like if you have these three-by-one right. sets, you have like trips left and, and a single uh, receiver on the right, except for the receiver on a third-down situation where you're trying to dictate matchups and, and trying to give your quarterback, one, information based off who goes out there, and two, hopefully you see man coverage and some against some kind of blitz, and who cares about the blitz? You got Jordan Reed one-on-one. That's an instant win. Well, when Jordan's hurt, 
who who do you use to get that instant win? And it was Chris Thompson. And you got the same exact effect of because he's not a wide receiver, you have certain information that you're going to get based off of whether a corner's out there, then probably tells you it's zone, uh, unless they're just giving him that respect. But safety linebacker follows out there, and, and you kind of know. And Chris was such a good route runner as a running back that it had that same effect. And that's the kind of thing I would love to see them do with McKissick that you can't necessarily do with Samuel as great as Samuel is at what he does. He doesn't give you all that same information, especially in those key types of situations that a JD McKissick, or even when he's healthy again, a Logan Thomas or a Cole Turner, John Bates, when he gets back out there that those guys give you. I think that's a great point. I think when you look at the LA Rams are, are a great example of this. And one of the reasons they've been successful with Matthew Stafford, is they give him on third down very unique personnel packages. And one of the things they do is they'll put a tight end out to formation left by himself, and they'll have all their three stud wide receivers to the right. And the defense can't run, they can't disguise disguise coverages versus those looks, right? So that's, to your point, I think if you can get a player who's not a receiver, running back, you know, like McKissick, Cole Turner, Logan Thomas, um, out in space, the defense has to kind of have a very specific response. And a thing about practice that came up, and this just reminded me of it, is that showed up a couple times yesterday. Like, uh, Scott's starting to employ things like that. So he has three wide receivers, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, um, Terry McLaurin, and then the ball's right in the middle. So Terry's in, like, the closest to the football, which is unusual, having your X receiver right there. And then to the other side, it's Cole Turner and McKissick. And the defense can't disguise coverages. And even if they do, even if they want to, and even if they're playing zone, you're going to get that middle linebacker to push over to the speed, right, to your talented players. And so you get all this space to Cole Turner and McKissick, and Cole Turner runs a seam, and there's where that little middle linebacker should be. There's a huge void, and it's an easy completion. So I love that Scott is starting to kind of push into that kind of game plan philosophy, use his personnel, use McKissick. Again, there was another time in the red zone where he motions him out to to the outside he gets to run a quick slant with a pick by cam sims and it's stealing it's stealing because the linebacker can't hang the safety can't hang out i forget who was on him especially with the pick and he's a good enough receiver to make that happen you know yesterday's another great example they started off in like wing left so tight end so y tight end f kind of attached to the formation they motion out they switch the y to the other side and they pump cole out in isolation and he gets to run a slant on a corner but Ever says, well, that's not a good matchup for the offense, but it tells the quarterback what the coverage is right now. And I think that's really advantageous. So it's good to see Scott kind of pushing the envelope there. It's good to see him using guys like McKissick, guys like Cole. And I think that's something, again, if you're a fan of football and a fan of the way the NFL is going, it's good to see Scott doing that because he wasn't really doing that with the same kind of verve early in training camp. And so it's nice to see a little bit of mix-up now. Yeah, I'm sure if, if someone is really bored and they want to do like a Twitter advanced search uh, for my old, like through my timeline for old uh, Tape Tuesday clips on Twitter, uh, I'm sure you could find some example somewhere of Jordan Reed and Chris Thompson. Or if you just want to go back and look for stuff on tape. Like, as Jay used to do that too with those guys? You know, you'd have three wide receivers to one side, and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're five wide, except for on one side of the formation is a tight end and a running back. And when those two right. guys have the skill set to run routes like wide receivers, like, that's that's a damn near impossible matchup for uh, for a defense, you know. For a defense. And whether it's zone, whether you're, it's man, you're in a person- whatever, like – you can't disguise you're just gonna be there because like you can try but then you're a step behind and you're you're right. dead against guys who are that quick that fast and run routes that well and sometimes you get 
easy responses by defense, right? You know, defenses usually will check out of pressures versus empty. And especially then, like with the kind of that weird coverage shell, they might even check to like a softer zone, which helps, again, helps the quarterback, helps the offense dictate to the defense. And I think that's something that is, is exciting. And, and you have the, you know, we were talking about DJ McKissick, like he he has the skill set to do that, you know, and it's nice that there's other people starting to emerge who also have that skill set. So that's, that's very encouraging as well. Yeah.